All right, everybody, welcome to Mafia Talk. My name is Adam Niederkroom, representing Bills fans throughout the nation. Bella here is my co-host, representing Western New York. How you doing, Bella? Hello, hello. I'm doing wonderful on this fine victory Monday. It is definitely a victory Monday. We're going to get into a whole Chiefs game review, barely hanging on. I think we'll, we'll 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 get into Josh. who felt like he had his fire back. Spagnola again showed how he's probably a better defensive coach than McDermott again. James Cook is the shit, and Mahomes wine fest. I can't wait to talk about whiny Mahomes. Oh, uh, yeah. I I got a few things that Tony Romo actually said during the broadcast. We might get into some game awards if we have time. But our second feature of the day is going to be talking about. The massive story written by Tyler Dunn um, called The McDermott Problem. It has three parts. It's a giant long article. And this is where that that 9-11 story was pulled from that made all the headlines. So let's get into it. Bella, Chiefs game review. We hung on. We hung on. Um, do we want to start with positives or do we want Absolutely. to go into negative? Yes. Right. Positives. I mean, we're starting off right away with the uh, fact that AJ Epinesa had an early, um, was it an interception or a fumble? Oh, yeah. A tip ball. He tipped it to himself. Yes. Interception. interception. Oh, it was a beautiful play. It was like a classic yeah early 90s Cornelius Bennett Daryl Talley type play mm -hmm. yeah so that's that right off the gate right out the gate I would say that was exciting um and it happened so early it was unexpected I don't really expect like turnovers that mm -hmm. early in <clears throat> yeah Chiefs were driving too it was like okay here we go they got the ball first mm -hmm. um what else we had Taron Johnson's pass breakups were phenomenal he's probably been like the most consistent defensive player i would say yeah um hot yep. take maybe not so hot i hope people agree with that um the james cook machine yes just like all game just play after play just making making things happen um and i just loved the flip into the end zone uh, i think he should have stuck the landing personally but <laughs> that's just that's just me. What like does one. stick the landing mean? He should have. He should have tucked onto his feet as, or as land like were, right on his back. No, so, <laughs> so as he's doing the flip, when you're like flipping, you got to tuck and like really use your momentum so mm -hmm. you plant your feet on the ground. Instead, yeah. he just flopped on his back, which is just as fun, probably. But <laughs> I think I think it would look better if uh, he landed him on his feet. But that's okay. We can't all be perfect. It was an awesome play. It just felt so smooth so and fast. The throw he was amazing. Wide and open. Wide open. And he looked like just the fastest receiver on the field. Mm -hmm. Like during that, um, he just showed that speed. And the fact that he just flipped into the end zone was mm -hmm. awesome. It's like ex yeah. just a giant exclamation point. Fantastic. I also loved um, Josh's his touchdown run where he basically carried both teams on his back. Um, yes. That was a phenomenal moment. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think that's like a moment that just shows like his fire is back. Um, yep. <clears throat> they want to win. Not that they didn't want to win before, but now they're playing like they want to win. Yes. Um, and so that's exciting to see. What else? What else? Well, I got to say, I think like the on on that note, on the note about that, that awesome Josh touchdown run, it was I was screaming and yelling and standing up, obviously, by that point on the couch being like, because the play looked dead. It looked mm -hmm. dead, like Josh's momentum almost completely stopped. But then he stays up. He pushes just enough for the offensive lineman to come in and and push him in and i was like that's it's just an ultimate team play the mm -hmm. big boys p pushing in their main guy mm -hmm. and they're loving it and of course he's he's like 
Alan loves to get hit and he <laughs> loves his dude. So like that, he needs that, those visceral moments to totally yeah. unleash full Josh, you know? Mm -hmm. And when it first happened, I thought that he like picked his feet up and they were like carrying him across. Yeah. <laughs> but then the replay showed that he actually like, no, he was planting his feet mm -hmm. firm in the ground and charging with them. Um, so that was, that was fun to see. Um, One quick, uh, quick stat on James Cook. This is uh, so somebody I heard on a different podcast compare him to Thurman Thomas and Thurman Thomas was my favorite player when I was younger, but you know, mm -hmm. I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. So exactly how Thurman Thomas played, that's something I got to go to YouTube and, and get another feel for. But his reputation was he was an incredible runner, like a three down runner, and he was an amazing receiver. And this other podcaster dude compared Thurman Thomas to James Cook. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, sweet. I got to take another look at that. The reason I mentioned it, James Cook was the leading rusher and the leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills last night. 10 mm -hmm. carries, 58 yards. So that's easy for math purposes. He averaged 5.8 yards a carry. Amazing. Five receptions, 83 yards. And of course, that, that long touchdown. So not a bad showing for mm -mm -mm. Mr. Cook. I would say he's probably MVP of the game. Yep. Yep. I would definitely agree to that. Other thoughts from the victory? Other good takeaways? Hey, Josh, Josh had the fire back. We kind of alluded to it. Mm -hmm. But I saw it. He didn't have the dead eye stare, even when things got tough in the second no, half. Um, here's something we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh my girlfriend pointed this out to me. McDermott was smiling a little bit more than usual. Oh, this is hard to pin down, right? But he doesn't smile a lot during games. And and we saw a couple, you know. So that was that was definitely something, something positive yeah. for, for me. I think it's it's interesting because the team and Brandon Bean have really like rallied behind him. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and like have supported him and backed him during this interesting time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into that story Yeah, in a bit. Is it time? Is it time to, um, Oh, right. Before we get into Mahomes, I, I started with my Google doc, just writing down some things that Tony Romo actually said during this week, 14 game. So this is uh -huh. what to things Tony Romo actually said, week 14 edition. We'll pull this feature back out whenever we get the privilege of Romo Nance. Um, um, I had the uh, didn't have the sound on because I was in a bar the second half of the game. But just during the first half, two things cracked me up. One, of course, made all the headlines, right? Where after Mahomes and Kelsey make a ridiculous third and 24 conversion <laughs> early in the or in the first half. Romo says they cut to Taylor Swift in the booth and Romo goes, there's Kelsey's wife, Taylor Swift in the audience. <laughs> so the internet's ablaze with that. Um, it, Romo must've officiated the, the secret wedding this week. Of course. Of course. But then I swear it, it was a play or two before Romo goes, look at Mahomes eyes. He sees everything with those things. And that just cracked me up. Like the camera was focused on Mahomes and Mahomes just, you know, standing up looking like before a play call and Romo just decides to like, like they were, you know, he was like, his eyes were kind of scattering around, you know, looking at receivers, yeah. you know, darting back and forth. And, <laughs> and the best thing Romo could come up with was look at Mahomes' eyes. He sees everything with those things. Yep. Yep. I he didn't see with his freaking ears, dude. No, some of the things they say are just so blatantly obvious, <laughs> and it's concerning. I I feel for Romo. There's the criticism that he's just straight up not that prepared, and I can I can yeah. maybe agree with that. But um, and his enthusiasm, right, which carried him through the first few seasons, and everyone was like Romo, Romo, Romo. That's kind of faded a little bit, and he doesn't mm. he doesn't seem to know anything about defense, but. Um, 
I will say I am I have a penchant to begin sentences without knowing how to finish them. And I think Romo just has that has that problem too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Should we dig into um into Mahomes? I think or you we want to should. touch on something else. Okay. Because we should talk about fun things before we talk about negative things, probably, right? Yeah. And this is a fun thing for sure. This is a funny, hilarious thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um he's screaming on the sidelines. We're gonna we're gonna go in opposite chronological order here. Okay. He's screaming mm -hmm. bloody murder at the refs after the turnover on down. So by this point, the game is over. The bills ju are just kneeling down. Um, I I thought he was yelling at first at maybe one of his own coaches, right, for the play calls yeah. or something. I didn't right. see it right away, and I didn't have the sound. Um, what was your initial reaction to just, like, seeing him go, like, lose it? A few. I had a few, run like, thoughts run through my head. At first, I was like, this is hilarious. Um. Another one was like, how childish. Um, and at that point, he they probably didn't see the the offsides. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. they do have iPads, so they can like look at like past plays. But I'm wondering if like he didn't yeah. see it yet. So then he's like freaking out, like yada yada yada. So understandable, but at the same time, like I was, I also thought, what if? say like Steph reacted the same way to something like that. Stefan mm -hmm. did. There would be a completely different reaction, I think, from just like the audience in general. Um, so that's that's a thing that went into my brain that I thought was interesting. When you um, said Twitter Steph, for some reason, my mind also went to Steph Curry or the NBA. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, he's a pro as well and a champion and he doesn't act that way. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but Twitter was having a heyday with it. Like there was a screen grab, there was a video of Patrick Mahomes freaking out and it was a bunch of captions. Like one was when you don't bundle home and auto. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one was a photoshopped, um, photo of Patrick Mahomes with a Karen haircut saying, let me speak to the manager. Yes. Oh, I want to see that one. Yeah, that one was great. I'll send that one to you. Um, so I thought that was probably like some of the best things to come out of it, mm -hmm. um, of just him like freaking out. But also like when, I don't know if you want to mention anything about when he initially started yelling, but when him and Josh were like shaking hands at the end of yep. the, the game, he said to him like, that was the worst fucking call I've ever, I've ever seen or something. And Josh yeah, just kind of yeah. looked at him like, I don't give a fuck, bro. And just like kind of gave him a chest, chest pat. Oh, nice. And, moved on. and it's like, you think about all the times Josh has lost to you and he's always been mm -hmm. cordial and professional and just like a stand up guy and you're throwing a temper tantrum. Right. So, yeah, no, the, the, know. this was the definition of anger displacement. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is how you explain it to an eighth grader. You're upset mm -hmm. about something and you take it out on something completely unrelated. Like, yeah, he was screaming at the refs. But the reason I say that is, okay, let's go back in time. The penalty resulted in a second and 15. So right after the penalty, it's second and 15. The chiefs are at midfield with one twelve on the clock. I believe they still had two timeouts. I might be wrong about that. Um, I know by the time Bills got the ball, there was only two timeouts, so they couldn't stop the clock enough for it to matter. So what happens after this travesty? Oh, this artistic work that was just robbed from Mahomes. Well, it's second and 15, right? A lot of chance, a lot of game to play potentially. Second and 15, incomplete. Third and 15, incomplete. Fourth and 15, incomplete and then the meltdown happens on the sideline right who are you upset at patrick mm. patty boy i hope you, you got a you got a cold plunge in you or whatever you need to do take a long walk after that have like loss. some inner reflection 
and think about that moving forward, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. And it's stunning. So let's get into Mahomes and Reed after the game. So of course you, you mentioned the handshake, which is ridiculous. I I think they did shake hands or, you know, do the, do the bro hug. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. But Mahomes gets caught on the mic. Mahomes and Reed both bitch to the media and the Mm -hmm. quotes are drive me insane. Okay. Uh, like he's so clearly offsides. It's so clearly a penalty, but this whole thing. And it's not just him. Sorry to interrupt, but he's not the only one that's not on the line of scrimmage or, or like passing. Really? Like on that there's, play? If you, yeah. If you look at the photo there, uh, there was a photo that someone highlighted. I think there was like two, one or two other guys who were like off that it could have been called on, but yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, Two things that Mahomes said. The first is that, like, right, the refs shouldn't decide the game, right? Well, oh, so we were just supposed to let an offside go, right? He's he's upset from multiple weeks of, you know, some bad calls and his receivers just being idiots or dropping the ball. Those are two different things. This is definitely an idiot play from a player who was cut, Kadarius Tony by the Giants, let's remember, okay? Like, he was a first-round pick originally. The Giants just ended up cutting him a couple years in. And he's made this mistake before. <laughs> Nothing surprising. Um, mm-hmm. But the tone from Mahomes afterwards during the press conference and from people like Shannon Sharp and other pundits, quote unquote, is hilarious to me. It's basically like Kadarius Tony slash the NFL robbed humanity of a beautiful piece of art. And sports performance. And it was like, no, he robbed himself. The team messed up, right? It's like, you find out like the Mona Lisa is fake. We would not be talking about it now, right? Like, and we're not going to talk about it because it wasn't legit. Like, and you know what? Like, it would have been horrifying if the Bills had lost on that play. But the game is not over, even if the play is valid. Again, it's 112 on the clock. Right. Yeah. Um, and the chiefs are up four. that, that extra point was going to matter a ton if they even got there. So, and then just for Mahomes to just disregard that he had three chances to get a first down on that same series is ridiculous. Mm. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe this means the chiefs are in a little conundrum here, you know, at least with their receivers, but, um, it's, it's nice to see, you know, a nemesis just be so wrong, right? It's mm. not just Bills fans being Bills fans. It's like mm-hmm. you're being a whiny bastard and, you know, lots of other sports fans think it's ridiculous, you know? 1,000%. Not only fans, but players. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many tricky games that arguably are decided by refs decisions but you don't see those star players freaking out like that yeah maybe and some at, of them but and the at majority best no. yeah and at best like you know refs don't want to be in that position either right and that's why they don't call pass interference on hell marys it's like um Partly, partly it might be human, right? It's like who wants to be blamed for something or take a chance like that or go against the green. But Mm -hmm. the fact is, is that this play and many other plays are not like a Hail Mary last play of the game, right? It didn't decide everything. Um, So, okay. I think going back to last week, I think you called like five Taylor Swift cutaways. I did. I, you were way closer than me. I said like eight or 11. I didn't see yeah. her much in the second half, but I see her. I saw her hug a bunch of different people. That's all I saw. Yeah. I think they maybe cut away to her th- three times. Okay. Um, yeah, not many. But I know on the third time, she actually wasn't, she was blocked by Brittany Mahomes. So like, <laughs> it was just like kind of Brittany celebrating, which was kind of silly because I know a lot of people like don't enjoy her which yeah. i'm like indifferent towards it i don't really care but i thought it was funny that like they cut because they meant to show taylor swift but it was just for new homes i thought it was pretty funny yeah yeah 
<laughs> All right, we got a few minutes left in the future. Let's give out some game awards. So I was trying to think of a of a sort of MVP for the game award, and I was like, you know what? The Bills have won a championship. It's just not the championship we all care about, the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. In 1964, 1965, in the AFL, Lou Saban was the coach that took us to two consecutive AFL championships. So I said, let's, let's bring Lou back into this conversation. I don't remember Lou. You weren't alive during Lou's tenure. I was not. <laughs> Many of us weren't. Let's call it the Lou Saban MVP of the game award. Bella, what are you going with? Are you going with James? Are you going with Josh? Who are you going with? I'm going, I'm going to go with Brittany Mahomes for blocking our view of Taylor Swift. That is my MVP. That's my MVP. All right. All right. Uh, least valuable player award. We could give this to anybody. I think I'm going to call it the Nathaniel Peterman least oh. valuable player award. It's not his name. His name is Nathan Peterman. But I thought we, he needs to be a little more regal. And I think that's how we remain. We remember him for five uh, first half interceptions. Maybe the worst Bills quarterback ever. Um, during the not only during the McDermott area. Um. I mean, this one could potentially go to Gabe Davis. I mean, Steph had a horrible game. I mean, four yeah. drops, I counted. Um, so, but I think we just got to give it to Mahomes. We got to give it to Mahomes for being his one himself. Um, but I'll give you this one. What was the most harrowing moment or play of the game to you? I would say it's either the last few minutes overall of the mm -hmm. game or harrowing means distressed, right? Like distressing oh, yeah. moments. Oh, most, okay, most terrifying. Cool. I wanted, to, yeah. make, I wanted yeah. to make sure I kind of had the right definition. Before I <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. And, this, and sometimes, sometimes a dictionary definition just is like way better than any personal def definition. Harrowing, adjective, acutely distressing. Ooh, so I was pretty on. I was in a pretty on point. You're right on. <laughs> okay, cool. Before I went forward, I felt like I had to clarify that. Um, but because we all know what Kansas City can do in 13 seconds, yeah. Um, so that was always nerve wracking for me. Um, I'd also say probably the the like cool play that. Travis Kelsey did when he threw to extend the play into a touchdown. Um, oh, that yeah. was also yeah. like a, like a, it, took my totally breath was. away. It was, it, it was, it was a good play, which is frustrating. Um, right. But it was, it still was like, Oh no. <laughs> Josh had a cut when, when Josh was getting housed fully in the second half and running for his life on every other play, it seemed like, right. He did a couple flips couple flips mm -hmm. of the ball i mean the fact that on a on a third and long he somehow this was a, a throw it wasn't like just a you know f like a little flick but he was being pushed out of bounds somehow it gets to latavius murray latavius murray murray untouched fumbles mm. looks like the chiefs have it looks like the gabe davis have it nope none of them have it, it goes out of bounds well now we're now we're arguing over whether latavius had control he did i thought he did he like mm -hmm. waved the ball he, back and forth a few times like he took three steps he, it was he, a fumble but it. then you're rooting for it's a fumble you know <laughs> like yeah it's crazy situation yeah i think like dawson knox hit it out of bounds or something and i'm like thank yeah. goodness he did that because that probably would have changed it if he didn't do that the one play to me harrowing but though it was it was a unbelievable play um, for our biased Bills brains. It was a fourth and three. Josh is like just scattering around, buying much as much time as possible, throws it like just underneath the defender's arm, and it's still a bullet, a bullet that only goes nine feet, and Dalton Kincaid just like sort of comes out of nowhere to catch it. I mean, that was huge. That was like, that was going to be three points, seven points or nothing on that. And it was just like an incredible play and a super clutch catch by Dalton Kincaid, who continues to show up, even if he didn't have like big stats uh, tonight. Yeah. 
All right. Um, and those are MVP, LVP awards. Go ahead, Bella. Can I? Yes. Can I share? Are we going to start to talk about negative stuff now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can go for it. All right. Because I would like to share my LVP. Okay, let's can, do it. That can lead us into uh, talking more negatively about the game or what we need to improve on. Um, <clears throat> so my LVP would be our offensive line overall. Mm. Because Kansas City, they just kept getting to Josh and they just kept applying a pressure and it just felt like every almost every play was a scramble Mm -hmm. or a broken play of some sort so that was my LVP um so I'll start that off with the negatives do you have anything to add with that no I I think you're right on the second half I mean that's why the second the entire second half felt like holding on for dear life Mm -hmm. yeah um I think like overall it's hard because we we first down we run it we get maybe two three yards so it's second and seven second and eight we throw it probably the right decision right but then it's an incomplete pass either josh can't throw it or someone drops a ball so by that then it's third and seven third and eight your only choice is to throw it. You really can't, I mean, you can run, but you're more likely going to get it on, on a throw. And that's just, it just, it limits what you can do. And it's so debilitating on like what you can call. So I think that's like a huge issue too. There needs to be more consistent conversions on first and second down. Right. I think that's a big, big one. Yeah, it's definitely something they got to get got to get fixed. Um on the bright side of things, I will say that like this game again, we got we had a couple like sort of third and twos, we ran it straight ahead and got it. Mm-hmm. The offensive line what gives me hope is that what what feels different this year is that I mean the pass protection obviously was a problem and you're totally right on this whole this whole game. Um on the bright side, we've been able to run it straight ahead on third and ones and third and twos and get them really consistently mm-hmm. this year. So hopefully that just that continues. Yeah, our third down conversions have been consistent. It's it's just in the it's the beginning that I just feel yeah. like you gotta be you gotta be a little better on. I think Absolutely. the game would be way I think there's the score would be way higher too, and the game would have come out a lot differently if there were better conversions in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anything um, else before we take a break? Um, no, I think, oh, you know, I had one other thing about the one touchdown that Kansas City had, um, which made it 17 to 14. It just felt like Bernard just like gave up and just let Raheem Rice, whatever, um, Rasheem Rice get the touchdown and I just thought it would, it could have been easily avoided. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, that was, that was a, sort that of was back of the end zone. It was, a, it was a laser from the homes. Yeah. 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 It almost looked like too easy. And you were like, well, how did that happen? There were guys like mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right, Bella, we're about to take a break, but when you come back, we are going to dive in to the whole McDermott story and what actually should be the story uh, from uh, that uh, quote-unquote bombshell that was on ESPN headlines uh, for a couple days straight. So when we come back. All right, Bella, we are back. So the elephant in the room we have to address is this crazy story that made all the headlines last week about Sean McDermott uh, over three years ago giving a speech referring to the 9-11 hijackers uh, as an example of of teamwork, or at least that's what a lot of people kind of made the headline to be. Um What'd you hear about the article? What was kind of your your reaction to what you read? Hmm. 
when I, okay, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was an onion article when I first read it. Um, cause I thought this has got to be a, this has got to be a joke. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so, but then when I actually looked into it, I was like, oh, okay. This is from three years ago from the used to be just, he was never like a confirmed bills reporter, I guess, but he reported on the bills often, um, is what I understood of okay. who, the, who the, who the guy is. Um, and I was just more of like, why is this a part of it? And then mm-hmm. talking to some other people who looked into it, they expressed that um, when this did happen a few years ago, within a few hours after the analogy was made, Sean McDermott apologized. Um, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but those those were my initial reactions to to hearing the story and, and chatting with the people around me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so to you after, after you read it was your conclusion, like, wow, this is very weird. McDermott, what the hell was he thinking? But he apologized. Yeah. This is just one of those, like somebody said a bad thing in the past and it got brought up now for whatever reason. And that's why it's making headlines. Right. And it just seems like this reporter might be using that information in order to propel themselves to relevancy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's bust some myths then. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay. So Tyler Dunn is the author. Um, He has a website called Go Long and it's a subscriber only site. Um, the nine 11 story quote unquote is, is like, geez, I don't even know how to put percentages on it. Less than about 3% of this much longer piece. That's three parts, 21,000 words on Tyler Gun Tyler Dunn's go long website. Uh, to put it in context, 21,000 words is roughly like a 90 minute straight read. Like this is not. This is not your average. This is a long form piece of journalism. Uh But what got pulled into the mainstream media or really the net, what we should say, national media um, is the 9-11 piece of it. Um, So let's talk about like in in that so much is lost in translation, right? From a 21,000 word piece to, you know, just what gets what gets headlines on ESPN. Um, The story. That got pulled from ESPN. Yes, totally accurate. Everything you said is accurate. Uh, McDermott makes this bizarre analogy. Um, Kyle Williams actually is the player on the team then who encourage who 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 realizes like this was bizarre. Mm. Goes to Sean, encourages Sean to sort of address this right, and and so their apology was made uh, in the moment, and and then again just this last week when it comes up, but. Let's just talk about the author for a second. So Tyler Dunn is an experienced NFL journalist. He totally has my respect. He was an NFL mm-hmm. features writer for Bleacher Report for over four years. He was the Bills beat writer for the Buffalo News during the 2015-2016 season. He was Pat Packers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for over four years before that. He's a Buffalo area native. And uh, like a lot of accomplished journalists or writers, he is going his own way through Substack which is it's a website, but it's a website where writers can easily publish their material and they can easily publish it behind a paywall so they can make a living. Um, so I paid the eight bucks for at least this month to subscribe to go along and read the, the article, the article is called the McDermott problem and it has three different parts and each part has a different subtitle. Um, it sources anonymously, at least 25 sources, 25 ex-assistant coaches, ex-players, um, and some people who are on the record, for, uh, especially former players that have a positive impression of McDermott. They're also cited. Um, 
So I read this article and then I also listened to a two hour Zoom meeting recording of Tyler with subscribers, which was really interesting. Um, hmm. So I took something from that. That's that's wild. Um, so, Bella, I kind of hand it off to you, like after those basics. Do you want to get into like the exact things of the 9-11 piece that Sean wrote um, or or the overall takeaways uh, there of the piece? Where, where, where are your kind of questions lie? I guess like what was the main takeaway of the overall piece? Because mm -hmm. I know the national media took this snippet of it and basically used it as yeah, a yeah. way to get, I don't want to use it. I don't want to say clickbait because like it's an accurate, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's an accurate um, report, but at the same time they, they took it extremely, they just took the, 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 the littlest part of the article and just like blew it up which it's concerning it's a concerning analogy to make mm -hmm. i don't blame them for for highlighting it but at the same yeah. time it was just kind of like it why <laughs> yeah <laughs> right because reporting on the whole article itself <laughs> right right and it sucks right that of course I mean, Tyler's got to make a living, but it also sucks that this it's a massive piece. You have to spend time to read it and you have to pay money to read it. Like those are mm -hmm. enough barriers, legitimate barriers, you know, to getting sort of the real story out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll just I'll just sort of go over the 9-11 piece of the story. Uh, well, that's not the answer. That's not the question you asked. The question you asked is like, what were my takeaways? Um, I was like a quarter of the way through part one of the McDermott problem. And the the title of that article is Blame Game. Part one, Blame Game. Part two, Lost in Translation. Part three, Let Josh Be Josh. Those are kind of the titles. But the Blame Game, I mean, I was reading it and I can read some of it to you, but it was like there was a pit in my stomach because what was happening, what I was feeling was, oh God, not like McDermott's a total fraud, but he there is some disingenuousness to him um like he'll say one thing and do another but it was more the relationship that the relationships he just doesn't have with current players particularly anyone on the offensive side of the ball and his his penchant for shifting blame and the res results in us losing close games at the end and he always defends the defense and he doesn't sort of stand up for the offense. And he doesn't have, according to the article, a relationship with like any of the offensive stars on the team, right? A sort of one-on-one -on -one relationship. Um, but I'm, I'm going to read what, what Tyler said. And I was listening this morning. So this is from, this is what the author said to a really interesting question from a listener or from a subscriber of go long the listener asked this question. To Tyler, if you could mold the narrative that everyone puts out, what would it be? Because the listener was referring to, yeah, that's 9-11 stuff, right? It's obviously being used at clickbait, even though, yes, the story is legitimate. It's not the full context. Tyler said, quote, it's what one assistant coach said. And, this, and he's referring to the assistant coach here. You are fighting needless wars within. You need to overcome your head coach to win in Buffalo. It's been the case for a while now in so many different ways. So this is Tyler speaking, right? Holding Josh Allen back, being tentative, hesitant, overthinking, being a slow processor late in games, to being upset that your linemen are wearing Jordans and not Carhartts and boots. And that's a that's a fact that like McDermott complained about that. He continues, to being upset that your wide receivers chipped in to buy Chad Hall a truck. It's like end of quote from Tyler. And that refers to a story in this piece where the receivers led by like Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs a couple of years ago decided to gift Chad Hall, the receivers coach, a truck. They straight up bought him a truck out of the kindness of their heart. And they like got laid into by McDermott for that. Or McDermott was jealous of the close relationship. So that's kind of what he's referring to there. Um, and those are a little bit my takeaways. The takeaway, and I think Tyler's pretty fair to McDermott in the piece. He gives him full credit for pulling this organization out of the muck. Mm. But it's very clear that the writer believes 
he's not the right man for the job uh, because of 13 seconds, because of the late game meltdowns. And that, so because of, there's been so many meltdowns, you know, that's when he started his reporting. So a little note on the reporting, like he, and he mentioned this in the zoom, he started back in June, right. With the sources and everything doing interviews and getting phone calls. He didn't time this specifically. It just, you know, um, like for chiefs week or anything mm -hmm. after the Denver game and all the shit that happened there and the, the blame on Ken Dorsey, you know, even though McDermott didn't take accountability for being 12 men on the field or any of that, he decided, okay, I've got to sort of wrap up this story and, um, add a, add a bunch of context to it and, and formed it and then, and then, re and then published it. So it, it's, it's been a work in progress since, since June. Um, and, and it's well worth everyone's time and, and $8 at the very least. It's, it's, it's the, it's the most, I think it's the most insightful part of like Bill's journalism in like four or five years. Um, you know, there's been some really good long form articles in the past couple of years, you know, about like Bill's mafia and stuff like that, or like the spirit of the town and the team and all that. This one's obviously more negative, but, um, it's, it was just really, it was hard to read because I felt like, oh God, this is kind of, this is true. Like in all these ex players and everything, like, yes, of course you could say, oh, they just have an agenda or they all have a bone to pick. It's like, there's just too many of them <laughs> with the similar stories that Sean is robotic. He is hesitant. He is so tight. He is so wound tight that he makes the team wound tight and he mm -hmm. doesn't let players play. And it's and preventing that's... Josh from being the best Josh in the prime of his career. I think that's the most accurate part of the article is the fact that he does have such like a tight grasp around every aspect of the team um mm -hmm. and that he doesn't let people be who they are playing wise i mean i yeah. think that's a big reason to why brian dable left um yep for sure i think the other aspects of the article from what you mentioned like I understand the perspective, but growing up having such a negative experience with Buffalo Bills football, yep. I'm just appreciative of, of where we're at now mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. point where like, I don't see the need for that intricate of a criticism. Like, I think, I think it might've yeah. just been like, a pile on that didn't need to happen. I think there are a lot of points in the article from what you said that are relevant and accurate. Yeah. But I don't know without taking away anyone's journalistic integrity. Most mm -hmm. of the time I'm just sitting here just thinking why. Right. Like, well, yeah. And he's purpose. Yeah. I think for him and he, he mentions this in the article. So I th go long and, and, Tyler deserves some credit for something that I think is still an unanswered question for tons of Bills fans. What happened during the 13 seconds? Specifically, yeah. specifically, was it Tyler Bass's fault? He kicked off for a touchback. Was it the special teams coordinator? Was it McDermott? It was unclear. Mm -hmm. It was, it was never, and not only that, it was never addressed within the team. So mm -hmm. never mind like the fans you know, just getting, hearing McDermott stand up and saying, I was responsible. I'm the head coach. End of story. Like McDermott shifted blame internally after that story, according to Go Long's reporting. And not only that, Go Long was the only like piece, uh, well, the only, um, sort of the, the, well, the only writers, Tyler was the only writer who got to the fullest understanding of what happened in 13 seconds. Mm. And it really was a miscommunication. Tyler mm -hmm. Bass heard, uh, kick it long from McDermott, like get the touchback. But the 10 other players on special teams heard from the special teams coordinator. It's going to be a squib. So 
I mean, you could blame whoever you want to, but the fact is, is that nobody sort of took the blame and it was never discussed internally. And I mentioned all this because Tyler says it or mentions it in the article as sort of an example of how um, McDermott built this culture that wins tons of games and is a tough defense and got really lucky with the quarterback too. Um, but, you know, a lot, there's a narrative national nationally and maybe for good reason that after 13 seconds how could you how could you kind of keep it going with the same team right like that was such a big failure and it and it takes a lot to do that um i don't think there's a huge agenda with tyler in terms of like he, he definitely no. believes he's not the right coach but when you read the article there's you know 80 percent pure reporting there's a huge piece of it on brady and belichick's relationship and how that wasn't cozy but the, mm -hmm. but that there was accountability there. There's another really nice piece he puts in about Brett Favre, right? Who Josh gets compared to a lot and his, uh, his relationship with Mike Holmgren of the, of green Bay and Mike Holmgren had a lot of trouble getting used to the gunslinger ways of Brett Favre, but eventually embraced it and built a relationship with Brett Favre and, and they won a championship, um, and got, got to another Super Bowl as well and lost. Um, so Tyler's perspective as a journalist is like, there's real stories here and Bill's fans aren't getting the real stories. This is not me trying to specifically get him fired. He doesn't think he's the right coach, but Hey, um, he has, he, he includes plenty of players that have good things to say about McDermott. What was most concerning to me was just sort of like, um, just the specificity of the example. So it, it happened last night. So there's this thing called Kodak, and that's McDermott's term. Think Kodak like a snapshot, a physical snapshot, mm -hmm. right? Of a like a instant camera. So one of Sean's tactics is to call a timeout on defense when the other team has like the do or die play. He did this before the Hell Murray we talked about last week. He did it last night on the fourth and fifteen. He called timeout. Now the clock wasn't running. He didn't like do the Chiefs any favors, quote unquote. But the but Tyler uses it an example of sort of like he's so wound tight, afraid of making the thing, afraid of just letting it go and letting the players play. And he's mm -hmm. most often gotten burned for it um, or we've gotten burned with losses. Um, but I totally hear what you're saying. Like, I I really like this guy. I had a different impression of him before the article. Mm -hmm. He's he's real like that wrestler tough guy. That part is real. Right. He's a devout Christian. That part is real. Does he need to take accountability differently? Like, sure. I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's a really. Has he always been a conservative coach? Yes. Like, mm. I, I feel like he's, he's, he's making gotten better in some of those ways, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was, he like was miserable. Being made that, I think yeah. points are being made that like people are aware of. They just don't want to admit to themselves. You know, yeah, it's hard. It's and I hard. think that's that's where the article does shine in a way. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm just kind of sitting here again, like, why? What was the point? Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you come at it from the fan perspective, right, Tyler's not like mm -hmm. the journalist isn't the fan. He's not just trying to, like, give the good news or right. publish the article, publish articles that are just like for the good of the team. Um, mm -hmm. But. I will say that uh, you made. Oh, what did what did you make me think of there? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot. It's past Thanksgiving, but we have a lot to be thankful for, right? <laughs> with this team, with the organization, everyone says, in, including in the article, that Brandon Bean is one of the most amazing people and a really, really good GM. I mean, the fact that him and Sean are aligned like is mm -hmm. so good. I mean, we've been so lucky for that. The fact that we have Josh is is like incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, I just encourage everybody to read it because it's a, just a really interesting piece to talk about coaching in. Um, and what's that balance for a coach, a leader of any group of people, like community organizing uh, uh, or working for a company, whatever the hell, a teacher? Um, it's that balance, right, of like, discipline culture standards but also every great coach coach like knows how to like share the actual love and joy too in those key moments 
you know? And I think one of my takeaways from the article is that it's really tough for, for coaches to balance those things. Mm -hmm. And Sean's really good at one and, and not, not as much the other. And I hope it still leads to success, you know? I mean, I hope he bridges the gap with Stefan Diggs and stuff, right? Or makes an attempt at least, you know? Um, yeah, maybe this is an opportunity for him to do some, like, self-reflection right. and maybe improve some of his tactics mm -hmm. if they feel necessary. But Yeah, and again, he's not going to have time to read the 21,000 words. No. So, but I hope, you know, I hope. It may be, but it, there really is an opportunity, right? Where an opportunity where somebody does read it or whatever, an assistant coach or whatever just goes to Sean and, and is like, I got to tell you how it is, coach. Like, this is how the offensive players see you. And I think it would be beneficial for the team and the culture if you did X, right? You know, mm -hmm. so that's always an opportunity. And here we are, seven and six. Playoffs are still very much a possibility. Mm -hmm. And the Cowboys are coming to town. Yeah, and they had a pretty good game Monday night. Yeah, they did. Or Sunday yeah, night. they did. <laughs> I'm so glad this is at home. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I hope somehow it's cold enough to snow. We'll see. Um, it's not looking like it. <laughs> no, no. No, I yeah. think this next week, I think we're supposed to hit like 45 degrees. So damn oh yeah, yeah which is yeah. warm for december in buffalo <laughs> yeah super warm it's looking like the low won't drop below uh you know 30 before sunday <laughs> so sunday right now forecast 48 degree high 39 degree low but zach prescott playing football outside can he do it i don't know I don't we'll know. see we'll see <laughs> let's see if those uh movable mattresses help him play better yeah Awesome, Bella. Well, this has been Mafia Talk. Uh, we'll be back with you next week to recap the Cowboys game and hopefully another another Bills win. Yeehaw. All right. See y'all.